0: our goal of a meaningful livelihood is to live kind of like the Polynesians lived in like the 18th century. Nice. So you're like eating breadfruit, coconuts, pigs, you're surfing, <laughs> yeah. etc. You're drinking kava and it's a joke but it, there's, a, there's something there that does resonate with it's us. Joke, it's God. not a joke at all. <laughs> yeah,
1: joke. Yeah, yeah. I sometimes call this the core intention.
2: It's, uh, to me it's got to have some real juice, you know some real ugh that's from our context what we would do in a given situation Mm -hmm. and what we sometimes struggle with is what do you want
1: well hello everybody most of you probably know the drill by now you know that i'm dan palmer you know this is the making permaculture stronger podcast welcoming you back this time to episode 49 where we are going to continue with the theme of holistic management and the application of what I call holistic decision making after that incredible conversation with none other than Alan Savory, founder of holistic management in uh, episode uh, 48. It was really great to get a lot of engagement and interest in that and it it was wonderful how much Alan was, how excited he was and how much he appreciated the whole opportunity as did I. And back in episode 40, I gave you a bit of a a running introduction to holistic decision making, which you can check out at makingpermaculturestrongernet slash e40. What we're going to do today is we're going to dive in with Scott Gallant and Sam Kenworthy from Paul Veneer Design over in Costa Rica. I interviewed Scott back in episode 42, and we learned a little bit about some of the ways they're evolving their design practice, as in processes they use when they engage with clients. What we're going to do today with both of them is focus in on their initial take on a holistic context for their permaculture design business. So what an exciting opportunity. I mean, I love this kind of work. I'm really happy to to support them and to share my reflections with them and to invite and support their own process of reflecting and evolving their context. I sense that it must be a great opportunity for some of you listeners out there, some of whom are probably articulating contexts for your design businesses or for other things. Um, and it gives you a chance to re- really hear the the interactive dance and um, the, the process of refining these things and, and bringing them more and more into alignment with what the decision makers or the core stakeholders are really about, what they value the most. And as Alan said, How do you want your life to be? Another thing I'm really keen to share with you is that I decided to do an experiment in running and holding space for an online workshop on holistic decision making. So I've booked it in, you can... Find the link on the show notes if you want to check it out or you can head over to holisticdecisionmaking.org. And um, I'm doing this experiment which will be a a series of six one and a half hour sessions live on Zoom and a bunch of pre-recorded videos and worksheet and online forum. But I'm very excited at this time to be supporting others to articulate a context to dive into what matters most to them and to resource them to do their own work of starting to make decisions holistically toward that context. Where as you might expect, I'm pulling in a lot of the stuff I'm learning from Carol Samford about thinking and seeing systemically as we navigate uncertainty and complexity. So exciting times. Let's jump right into this conversation with Scott and Sam. It's a goodie. If you can swing it, I'd highly recommend going to strong.net, bringing up the show notes, um, because there you'll see the entire context Wording that we're going through. So if you're really interested in diving right into this, it'll be very handy not just to listen but to read. And I'll check in with you as I do at the end. Should we chat about our focus today? So that my understanding, of the focus is still to check out your holistic context, which is relatively freshly yeah. minted, and yeah, roll through that together. And that's yeah. it. That's the go. Okay, awesome. One sense I had was because I chatted with Scott. Listeners will have a sense of of you whether you are happy just to provide a little bit of you know your background and relationship to the business, Sam. Um, you know, but so, so we just sort of honor bringing you into the conversation, then we move our focus to the... Uh, yeah,
2: absolutely. Topics. Feel free okay. to pepper me with whatever questions, and I'm happy to happy to share.
1: Okay, well, why don't we start that way? So, you know, it'd just be good to hear a little bit about your backstory and how you ended up in Costa Rica, and then how you ended up
2: partnering with, with Scott and Paul Veneer Design. Well, I'm, I'm originally from North Carolina in the States, been in Costa Rica about six years now. Prior to that, I lived in the Bahamas for about four, so right now I'm at about 11 years of, of not in the States. Um, and all of my experience outside the States in terms of a professional level has been in the tropics. Uh, most of my work, my interest in permaculture started from a, more of a system side. So energy systems, water systems, built infrastructure. Uh, and from there, it kind of crept into food producing systems and then, and then design as a whole. And when I came to Costa Rica uh, in 2014, that was the first kind of permaculture gig that I, I really got that was strictly focused on that. And I was I was working for a, an NGO, an education organization. They're building a new campus and I was, uh, I was doing the design and installation of their permaculture and water systems here in Costa Rica. And at some point during those, those first few years in Costa Rica, uh, I met Scott through a mutual mentor of ours. And um, we kind of hit it off and then we taught, we started to teach a little bit together. and We kind of suggested along with a couple other friends, the idea of potentially working together in the future you know, Scott had kind of dipped his toe into the water a bit with some design work coming out of Rancho Masatol, um, whereas I'd been mostly working for this singular organization. And then uh, I guess it was 2017?
0: 17.
2: Yeah, when I, when I split ways with an organization called CNS, uh, where I'd been working for about three years, uh, that he and I decided to go for it. And um, we were fortunate enough to be in the position where, you know, I had a little bit of savings and he had a bit of savings, and we figured if we get zero clients and things go terribly, uh, you know, I could support myself for a few years. We kind of float the business in that way. And, and luckily, we, we were able to, to build something and it's blossomed into what it is today. And, uh, and here we sit. So that's kind of the, the origin story, I suppose, of mm-hmm. how we got to where we are today. Beautiful, beautiful.
1: What would be good to do next is I'll, I'll share, before the interview, I thought I'd bring a bit of intention to it, given we have a specific task in mind. So I'll share a little bit about the work I did there and just make sure that resonates with yeah. you or we can evolve it together. And then we can get into it. So uh, just to, to let yourself and listeners know, this one of the frameworks I've learned from Carol Sanford and Regenesis is called a task cycle framework. And I've just started playing with it. It's a simple little framework for getting clear on any, any task. Generally something that's like, I don't know, six months or le- less in duration. You'd use other frameworks for bigger <laughs> things. And so it was, it was relevant today. And I thought I, I really wanted to, I'm wanting to practice myself bringing clear intention to even small things like this, like a one hour podcast recording. So I'll, I'll go through the different components and see what you think. So our task is to review your holistic context. And when I thought yeah. about the purpose for this, I bought, I bought this, the, this task cycle framework as a particular approach to the purpose, which I think I'll share sometime on another episode. I find it quite powerful. First bit is, what are we doing? What are we transforming here? What, what are we up to? And so I put down, we're recording this interview to review your holistic context and potentially help you increase its depth clarity and decision-making power who knows maybe maybe we decide it's it's perfect but why, why review something <laughs> unless unless there's you know there's the possibility of evolving it and so that was the first bit we're doing that and then i had in a way that supports poor veneer designs vitality viability and capacity to evolve so how how, how are we going about this how is us working with and possibly transforming your your context how is that a benefit to you to to the business and then the last bit which is what does all that mean in terms of your ability to be change makers in the world and that last bit was so that you and your business are becoming an increasingly potent agent of regeneration in costa rica and beyond i love that last bit of this framework it's like yeah (laughs) yeah there's a (laughs) It's not we're not just doing this for its own sake this this is in support of of offering some kind of value or contribution to a system That's bigger than us. So I'll read the whole thing out as I broke it up. There with more explanations We're recording this interview to review your holistic context and potentially help you increase its depth clarity and decision-making power in a way that supports Paul Veneer Design's vitality viability and capacity to evolve so that you and your business are becoming an increasingly potent agent of regeneration in costa rica and beyond how does that land
0: for you two in terms of a draft kind of purpose yeah yeah i like it i think it's spot on i, I really like the idea of the, the phrase capacity to evolve you know we're constantly just like reflecting on our business and what we want out of it and we we come back to this holistic context that we created like pretty regularly uh-huh and, you know, really use it to like, do we want to take this job? Like Mm. we want to stretch ourselves and and push harder because we have enough work coming and we could be working, you know, 80 hours a week, you know, instead of 60 or 40 or whatever it is. And is that really going to help us achieve these things we've talked about? And, and so we're constantly reevaluating the business, our business model, which we talked about in the previous podcast, like how do you shift A little bit toward like more of a mentorship model, and and so I think that our context, I one way to really that'll be really beneficial for us is that it has that ability to evolve in there, um, Mm -hmm. and that that allows us to do that and reflect and and keep shifting with you know our Mm -hmm. needs basically.
2: Mm -hmm. I think another thing that stands out to me, you know, prior to the the evolution part, is the vitality in that Scott and I. On a yearly basis, minimum, go back and review all the things that our business is doing. You know, from a financial level to what we what do we do well, what do we not do well. Uh-huh. You know, kind of an auto critical sort of thing, and that that really breathes a lot of new life into into what we're trying to do. And I think uh-huh. being able to check in um, with you, you know, speaks a lot to that ability to evolve. Uh-huh. Um, what's what's going on, and can we be dynamic and flexible? And I think also what stands out to me is that last bit, uh, kind of the you know, why are you doing this? it fits a lot into what we're trying to do in general is you know, that use the terms, uh, an increasingly potent agent over generation. You know, a lot of the work that we're trying to do is to be able to leave a, long, a, long, a long-term impact in this, in this place that we now call home. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's an important thing to relate to what our holistic context is in general is, is you know, where are you and what is the future resource base that you're, that you're working with and working towards? Yeah. Uh, so those seem to be nested quite well together. Mm-hmm. I, I like what, what you've come up with there
1: mm-hmm. oh great okay let's work with that in that phrase vitality viability and capacity to evolve just to point out that itself is a framework so there's a framework nested in this bigger framework which i really <laughs> love and i think of a lot and the idea is that if you're going to stay vital if you're going to stay alive over time you need to be viable you know if the business isn't viable you don't exist anymore so vitality requires viability and viability I mean, always, but particularly in this uncertain, fast-changing environment requires the capacity to evolve so that if you're in the game of staying alive, ultimately you're in the game of of evolving. What's that phrase? Evolve or die? Evolve or die. die. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. The variant I've used a lot is adapt. Adapt. Any organism is constantly coming to a fork in the path. Adapt or die.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) And it sounds like you, Paul Veneer Design, is well and truly ensconced in the adaptation business.
2: Uh, um, that's the that's the that's
1: the goal. <laughs> that's the idea. I also uh, thought briefly using this task cycle framework about the products. Okay, that's the purpose. This is the, the task is a context review. I've had a draft purpose that's sitting okay with you, so we're going to use that to orient ourselves. And then what's the product? And I thought, well, what, what do we want to get out of this? And I put down a tight, focused podcast episode that adds value to Paul Veneer Design and to the listeners of the show, in terms of resourcing um, listeners to do this kinds of work for themselves if they're interested. How's that sound? Yeah. 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 Clear. Um, and then the the last bit was just, a, I had a few reflections on, given that purpose and that product, what kind of process is going to get us there? I got as far as saying, after hearing the backstory of how your context came to be, we'll slowly work our way through it, reflecting on each bit for as long as we need. And then I, I realized I had a personal aim here, which was from a process perspective, which is to evoke reflection and share experience more than provide answers because i was conscious of i've had a fair bit of experience with holistic context and it's very easy for me to say oh this is what i'd do what do you, i want to catch myself and help you help me catch myself and invite you to reflect and even give listeners a chance to to discover what they make of something we're exploring before we, we dive into it further okay good yeah why don't you start? We've heard both of your stories of origin and the business's story of origin. It'd be good to hear about the story of origin of your holistic context. You know how you found out about it, what motivated you to do it, and what what the process has been in a nutshell to get get it to where it is now.
0: Before we dive in and take a look at it. Yeah. Well, we we both had studied holistic management in various capacities before the business. So you know, we taught small sections of it in like a classic permaculture design course setting, and, and we're familiar with it. And when we formed the business, we always knew. It was something we wanted to incorporate, but it took us, I would say, two yeah, two well, years before we really either found the time or maybe it started becoming necessary or we just knew the business well enough to yeah. actually start forming it, which is kind of
2: interesting to reflect
0: on. Yeah, yeah. I
2: think that seems pretty accurate. You know, like Scott said, we, we both had, had been aware of what holistic content or holistic management was uh, you know, as a decision-making framework as opposed to anything else. Mm -hmm. Um, we were, I think
0: both are and were like pretty convinced with the, the process and the idea of like just having this quality of life. Like that's what you're striving for. Like all these things we want to do. Like we never wanted to create this business so that we're just working and working and working. Like there has to be something that we're working toward and achieving that and, and if we don't state that, like, how can we ever end up there? And cool. so we, we always knew that that was the case. Like we always started the business with some specific like quality of life pieces in mind. It was like, and it, and it was, a lot of it was to support our, our livelihood in, in so many ways. Like we're trying to develop this livelihood as young, as young practitioners here in, in Costa Rica. And, and so like, how, how does this business that we're forming allow us to to work toward that? And that's, like I said, it,
2: it took us a few years to
0: like, really have the, the, I don't know, mental space and idea huh. to, to start forming those ideas.
2: Uh-huh. I think also there's something that's critical to that. You know, I, I'll, I think I'll be, you know, in a certain way repeating kind of what Scott said, is that we knew from the beginning why we wanted to start the business, which is sort of one of the ideas behind, you know, some of the things that you look at in a holistic context is, you know, what are you doing and where do you want to go? What is that future resource base? Huh. It just happens to be nestled really nicely into, uh, into work that we love doing. And so I think that, From a layman's point of view, you know, if you don't know much about holistic context, being able to think of like, what is it that you want? Uh, Just being able to define that from the early onset, you know, Scott and I knew what we wanted. How we're going to get there might be, you know, a, a very, a very wild line, but we knew what we wanted. And I think as the business kind of formed itself, it was easier for us to then mold what the business could be. To, to, to fit what we wanted in the long term. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I get, I get a bit of a sense of the what I call a generative approach is rather than sort of doing a context before you even started as a master plan, you, you kind of mocked up or you got in business and you, and you felt and thought your way into the point where it's like, okay, <laughs> I think we've got enough to, to pull this together now.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay, so you, you've got this thing together. We're going to have a look at it. It's a bunch of words organized in a certain way. And you, a bit earlier, Scott, you were talking about how you're already using it. You haven't, you haven't created it and then put it in a drawer and it's gathering dust or put it on the blog and it's gathering eyeballs aside from your own. You're actually using the thing and paying attention to it. Maybe just recap that a little bit how you're using it now. So, is how, how you got to it, how you're using it now, and then we'll dive into it.
0: Yeah, so I, I was just reviewing it right before this call, and we're starting to dip into a couple of projects that are more commercial leaning, um, kind of like a commercial mall type of setting, for example. And we've been kind of hesitant to, to take on the work. And so when we're, when we're really sitting back, like, man, do we want to take on this project Uh, or is it, is this doesn't, maybe it doesn't align with our values. Um, actually pulling up this sheet, this, uh, you know, this page on our blog and looking at it and just reflecting on it with those words in front of us. That helps us a lot, um, uh-huh. and just kind of like concentrates us in, and it kind of cuts out all the fat. And cool, we could make a lot of money or whatever. And at a certain point, I think that's an example that has come up recently. We have we as we've been debating taking on um, some projects that are a little bit outside of that quality of life that we're striving for.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. Yeah, so th- this is good, I think, to give listeners that flavor too, that really the, the cusp of us, the, p- the point of it all is to articulate some, take the time to articulate some stuff in terms of your core values and what really matters to you. And you've used this phrase, what co- what quality of life means for you both. And then moving forward to to use that as a, as a decision-making um, aid or guide uh, and, and, and this idea of testing decisions against your context or fil- using your context to filter decisions, which which is already live and well. So that's great. You've done some training holistic management. You're actually running a business. You've gotten to the point where you've articulated the context and you're using it. All right, let's dive in and have a look. So I'm going <laughs> to open it up and we'll, we'll roll through it. So what, one decision is... Why don't you just fairly quickly take us through the, the hole under management? So the, the idea being that initially, this actually resonates with, with Carol Sanford's first principle of regeneration, which is what's the whole here, the W-H-O-L-E, what are, you, what are we working with? And Helen Savory says the same thing. Yeah. What's the hole you're wanting to make decisions about? And this is more, to me, it's more of a, when I've used it, it's, it's something that gets more focused when we're just getting started and then we focus more day to day on the other components. But do you just want to summarize that briefly and then we'll dive into the holistic context proper?
2: So what what were we looking at, Dan? With our whole under management, is it's it's the human the human part, you know. So that includes includes me, includes Scott. We've recently brought on a new team member. His name is Hugo Soto, and, and as well as any other future team members that we may have, uh, includes our includes our resource base, um, which is going to be you know can be finances, uh, can be natural resources, anything that's going to influence influence our decision making. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's there's a physical part right so that's going to be where we live you know things that you know goods that we might have you know whether it's scott's truck or tools uh, tools yeah just uh, i I, I chuckled there i
1: saw it said scott's truck sam's motorcycle (laughs) love
0: it
2: Uh,
0: we don't have many things yeah we we (laughs) have a pretty
2: minimalist approach to most things yeah uh but um that'll we talk about this a lot that'll our whole under management will change we're both looking to kind of move into our own homestead sometime in the near future. And so uh-huh. we're, uh, there'll be a splurge, there'll be a serious splurge at that point, <laughs> but, uh, there's the physical side and there's the human side. There's, as, as, as I mentioned before, there's, there's us, there's any students, there's people that advise us, there's our, you know, our accountant and our bankers and our lawyers, you know, folks that live close to us or around us, around our, around our, around our clients. And then there's financial capital. Like what is the business worth? Uh, what do we have in the bank? Um, what might be coming down the pipeline as well yeah Uh, so that's that's most of our i think that covers most of our
0: and so these are all the all the people that affect our decision making that might have veto power they're all the tools that we have at our disposal to to make those decisions
2: and there's a few other things i think in there that um aren't immediately obvious like you said veto power. There, there could be something within the resource base that has veto power in and of itself you know like can you get to a certain place or not? I mean, those are those are all a little more nuanced, but those are uh, those are parts of the whole.
1: Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Great. Yeah. So, who, who are the decision makers, and what are the different aspects of the the resources you currently have access to, and that you have access to moving forward? In, in my experience, it's often been a um, an empowering uh, part of the process. You know, whenever I stop to think about the resources I have access to. <laughs> which which yeah. as Alan Savory talks about, it might include resources you never actually access, but you know, in theory you could get a loan from a bank or you could hit up your father in law for twenty grand or what you know, to get to, to get through the next year, whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> they just looked at each other with a it knowing. Gave us some
0: ideas, <laughs> knowing glance.
1: You know, it, as as well as all the other aspects, and so much more than physical and financial, the the, the living capital and the relationship capitalist, the the what's it called, social capital, the relationships of trust that mm-hmm. you can draw. And you're like, holy crap, what could we not do with all this support? The universe is right, right there ready to back our butts. <laughs> Right So you took some time to kind of do that audit and now and now we move into the holistic context proper, which are the different a bunch of different layers where the aim is to um articulate what what you most deeply want to be true of this and and where it's heading, starting with what Savory called the statement of purpose, which is the specific purpose for which the entity was formed and this to me this is um uh, it's like in a, it's the centerpiece you know it's the thing everything else then hovers around or or sinks in with so. Let's take a little bit of time with this. Oh, what I'll invite listeners to do, actually, is as maybe we'll have each of you read it out, so read it out twice. As you hear Scott or Sam read it out, just sort of get a, try and get a sense in your body of how it lands in terms of how, how much power it contains or how, how much it resonates with you in terms of what you've already picked up of, about their energies and their aspirations and what they're up to. Because we want this, it's like the DNA of the project. I, can't, I sometimes call this the core intention. So it's, to me, it's got to have some real...
0: Juice, you know, some real.
1: Ugh.
0: Okay, let us have
1: it. No pressure.
0: All right. <laughs> Orvenir Design exists to help clients achieve their goals within the context of tropical land planning and management, and to provide meaningful livelihoods for its employees.
2: Orvenir Design exists to help clients achieve their goals within the context of tropical land planning and management, and to provide meaningful livelihood for its employees. Do we give you enough? Do get enough? We get enough uh, is, is enough? Is there enough pizzazz in there?
1: Well, I'll give I'll give listeners a moment longer to reflect. And what about before I say anything? What what about coming back to my aim <laughs> of evoking reflection? How do you each feel about it? H- has your relationship to that actual statement changed over time? Is it you know d- is, it, is it feeling on point? Is it feeling good?
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I one of the things that I, I sometimes struggle with with the holistic context is in, in the statement, everything that kind of flows from it is when are we making decisions for our clients, for the land? And when are we making decisions for our livelihood? And they're like kind of these two separate purposes that are, are intertwined. Like we, we formed the business obviously to regenerate landscapes and all these things that we get, you know, are super excited about that We love doing every day we also formed it to, you know, be able to buy a little piece of land ourselves and, and, and have the highest quality of life that we can, that we can live. Mm. Um, And so I I always see those two things and I I wonder how the rest of our, our statements flow from there. And if there's any, I don't feel like there's any tension within those two statements, Mm. Um, those kind of two separate purposes but they are different purposes. Mm. Um, does that make sense?
1: Mm. Oh, very much so. I th- and I think it's a really, really worth unpacking it a little bit. I think I'm, I'm sure this is a, as, as a topic. I know this is a topic that myself and so many listeners will relate to. And it, it often feels like a, an almost irresolvable tension for people. You know, it's like, well, I could do this stuff to make money and I could do this stuff about the shit I really care about and make a meaningful difference in community in the world. And they'd seem to be in different directions. And so, you know, I'll go and earn some money and then come back and do something I care about. And then, oh, shit, I need, you know, so life becomes this yo-yo back and forward thing that can yeah. literally fragment you and tear you apart. And key to an operation like yours and a lot of stuff, a lot of us are involved in, is I think reframing those things. So they're not they're mm-hmm. not pulling you apart and pulling you in different directions. How can we authentically align them? And you, I mean, you talked about them as um, two separate purposes. I, I wonder if there's, to what degree is it possible for them to be fully aligned in the same direction? I and mean, what one impulse I had as you were speaking was around this idea of nestedness and, and whether it's not so much, you know, they're two things at the same level and we're going to try and reconcile or balance them, but m- maybe one is nested within the other. Yeah, th- so that was helpful. And it does, th- I'll be good to hear from you next, Sam, but I, it, did, it did give me one reflection on maybe the, the order of focus in the, in the statement. How's it? How's I think it.
2: I see it um i appreciate your your saying about the nestedness uh, i remember that that podcast episode um where, where you first brought that up and i i think i see it a little bit differently than scott does oh. in that i don't see them as completely different what i see them the reason why we exist is clear you know i think we're always going to get meaningful livelihood from this business you know we're not um the, the work we do is is paid work now granted sometimes we do do things you know you know, for folks at at a lower cost or something, to try to help to help people out. There's there's that part of our business, but that's a, a different thing. But we do work to to earn, to create this livelihood, this meaningful livelihood for ourselves. And I think that we're passionate about the kind of work that we do. And I think though that when I think about, you know, I think about this statement of purpose often where Scott's right, we, we did create this business to create a livelihood for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And and I'll be the first to admit that I've told Scott a number of times, like by the, by the time I'm like 45, like I don't really want to work anymore. And I think that the way I see this is, is it for me more with an idea of nestedness where over time what might happen is the business can still be there. It might mean that we just take on a couple of projects a year and <clears throat> it's still going to provide us with a meaningful livelihood and we're still going to provide the clients you know, with achieving their goals of, of tropical land planning and management, it just might be that we're spending more time now focusing on what we want to do as opposed to focusing on what clients need us to do based on the evolving context of our lives. Um, and so I don't see them as being necessarily two different things, but rather things that are sort of shifting in time You know, as we become potentially more financially stable or our homestead starts to really kick in. It might be that we can make a, a much easier choice now where it's like, do I want to take that project? No, I don't. I'd rather focus on something else um, because my context might have
1: changed. Yeah. 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 Cool. It seems non-negotiable. It seems right that the, those two things are alluded to in the statement of purpose. Yeah, it's certainly around the, the there's that the livelihood component and then the, the, the way you're going about that, the work you're doing. Maybe let's, let's zoom in a bit on the first, on, on, on the first of the two, two parts to it near design exists to help clients achieve their goals within the context of tropical land planning and management. One sense I do get, and it'll be interesting to see if listeners, any of you this resonates with you, I do get a sense of potential or wanting, or I feel like I don't know if I want to go as far as saying I feel a little bit shortchanged or robbed. <laughs> but I, I feel like from, from having from, from what I know of you already, from having talked to you, I feel like there's some really beautiful, powerful juice in, in the mix here around your uniqueness and your, and your deep motivation to do what you're doing. And I feel like there might be the potential for more of that to, to show up in the in the statement. So let's follow that impulse and see what, see what happens. So even if we just take the first bit, so Paul Veneer Design exists to help clients achieve their goals. So the idea for me is that the statement of purpose, I mean, this is true for all aspects of your context, but I'd say it's probably most important here is that the words matter and you really want to keep the words evolving and alive and have the right words with the right connotations and and the right combinations. So they really start to sing and have that, that punch. And so we've got this bit of help clients achieve their goals. And I I thought it'd be fun to, to dive into that a little bit. And so let me ask you, I mean, so when there's clients, which is, we've had discussions in variable gardens over the years at times, we've preferred customers, clients, whatever. At the end of the day, a word that, that, de- that designates people that engage your services is, is, is appropriate. Yeah. So let's, there's the goal. So what, and what you're helping with them is to achieve their goals. And I, I was curious to dive into this a little bit and in particular into the word goal. So I'd love to hear from both of you. What, what's this word goal? What does that mean for you? What's an example for, of, of a goal that, you, that you're helping clients achieve?
0: It's interesting because I feel like we, it's really hard to get clients to actually state their goals in a clear way. But for a fair amount of our projects, we struggle often to know what the client's goals are or a big part of our work is just like facilitating kind of the same process (laughs) that you're doing with us a little bit uh, to pull those out.
2: Scott, do you think it would be accurate to say that oftentimes clients approach us in a way that to me, um, you know, we try to push them to come up with their own goals, but it's like they want us to be the problem solvers for them. And, and yep. some of the solutions are, are you know, sim- nothing's easy, but simple enough for us to come up with, but th- that's from our context and what we would do in a given situation. Mm-hmm. And what we sometimes struggle with is what do you want? Yeah. And how yeah. can we help define what your context is? And so mm-hmm. it is something that we try to do. We try to pull these part of our job, like Scott said, is facilitating and pulling these goals out. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what is it that you want to accomplish? That's sometimes a struggle. Uh-huh. Um, it can be tough, and it's, uh, it's something that we, in the past, I think, have had to kind of massage a little bit and put some of our own experience, because that's oftentimes the expectation of the client is they're relying on our experience to help them decide what they can do. Mm. Um, you know, we've had clients approach us before and say, you know, like, what, what can I do here? Like, well, <laughs> you, know, you, can, you can do a lot of things. <laughs> um, yeah,
1: yeah, that's right. What you want know, to do
2: here is the, is the question. And, and so I think that achieving their goals really has to do with client willingness to get, to get involved is, is really what, what we're trying to get pull out of that. And I think the simplest way that we thought to say it was to say, achieve their goals. Yep. But there, yep. there may be a, a better way to say that. I'm not quite sure what that might be.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I, I think it's worth spending time and I don't care if we um, don't get any further, <laughs> you know, like I sense we can, yeah, we can probably upgrade this a little bit. It's my sense. And, and so yeah, I'll, I'll share a couple of different r- reflections. So mm, I'm realizing there's quite a few layers to it, such a to achieve their goals. <laughs> so one is, like you're talking about, it's a, a common thing is it's hard to actually get clients to state their goals. So an obvious and simple part of that is that you don't exist just to help clients achieve your goals, their goals. Part of what you exist to do is to help them actually know what their goals are, to articulate and state their yeah. goals, you know, so you can't help them achieve them until they've got them. And often they don't, Have them and it's not just as you know it's not just helping them articulate goals that they don't already have it's also helping them become unattached or to let go of goals they do already have that aren't a good fit for like sam was saying for their context Mm
0: -hmm.
1: so a core part of the value you offer is around supporting people to actually arrive at a context appropriate set of goals Whereas this could just kind of skips over that but It's just like, well, there's goals and we'll achieve them. Um, so that's just one aspect. Maybe I'll run through a few aspects and then we can focus on whatever feels right. Another one is, Sammy, you you were talking about part of the job of, of the word goals in this context is is to what it brings up for you is around the work of, basically what you said is people often invite you to come in and impose your goals. You know, what would you do? What could we do? Do what you think we should do, that kind of thing. Whereas you're, you're saying it matters to you that you don't do that. And... and as you probably both know, this has been a, um, an issue or an aspect of permaculture that I've been interested to, to question. It's very easy to go and be the yeah. permaculture expert and say this is what i basically to impose ourselves on the client. And when we start to explore that avenue, what comes up for me is the question of whether the goals is the right word. Because if it's about context, the w- like Alan Savory is really clear, there's no goals in a context, in a holistic context. There's quality of life, there's statement of purpose. And then later on, you'll make decisions about goals to the degree that those goals are in service of the wider or larger or deeper context. And this is a really important distinction for me because exactly what, like you're saying, I just so constantly in consultancy, people hit me up with all these goals and I I have to say one way or another, we can't move forward until we back up. Like often I get people with really specific visions, all these goals, we're going to have a barn this size and a pond like this and these kinds of animals and this kind of campsite, all that stuff, which are goals, objectives in the sense of specific things they want to achieve in the future. And at some point they can say, we're done, that tick. And to get across that in in a way that doesn't destroy the the idea and, and take the energy away, but points out that what you'll end up doing. It's not going to be that picture. It's going to be different from that and it's going to be better than that. Cause it's going to be better adapted to your context. So.
0: Yeah. The, the phrase as, as, in, as we're talking, you know, achieve your goals. It, it's like, it reminds me more of like running a race and you've like accomplished the marathon or something. Mm-hmm. it's like, now it's this finished thing, but none of landscape management is ever finished. So it's there's this ongoing piece and I, I feel like the idea of achieve your goal, implies like some, some finite end, Uh but no part of our work is like that. And no part of the client's, you know, ongoing management of whether it's like a little kitchen garden or a big agroforestry system, you know, has that end. There's an ongoing process and the phrase achieve your goals doesn't, to me, it doesn't capture that, that process, that like ongoing interaction, that kind of, I don't know, like ecological literacy training that, Uh you know, people are, you know, have to develop in order to regenerate landscapes.
2: Um, Also, I think it's a a good point, Scott Mates, and I think to add on to that, to me, a lot of it comes down to how are you able to engage the client in such a way that their commitment level goes beyond working with you. Hmm. It goes into then taking the guidance that you've Hmm. been able to give them and can potentially give them over a longer period of time, but Hmm. taking those lessons they've learned, the feedback from the local ecology, and applying that, you know, for essentially the the hopefully the entire span of their life, potentially mm-hmm. their children's or grandchildren's life mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that seems to me to be more accurate in terms of you know, that it, that that comparison you made to a race makes makes a lot of sense, Scott. Where it's like there's not actually a real finish line here; it's more mm-hmm. just a road. Mm-hmm. It's not a race; it's just you're on this path, and you can kind of determine where it goes. Um, but but your your responsibility to that landscape is to do x y or z based on your context
1: mm-hmm. yeah
2: beautiful yeah I'm, I'm, i feel
1: excitement to hear you saying this stuff and yeah i'd I, I feel confident that, that that can be shifted up or fle- fleshed out a little bit and some of these flavors around the cultivating ecological literacy i mean some of the f- words and stuff that flavors were coming up around stu- like stewarding the journey and supporting the people you're working with to develop and express the of a very Carol phrase, but develop and express the essence and potential of themselves and the landscape they happen to find themselves, and you know that kind of stuff. And and goals will yep. be a small part of that picture. But to say in your statement of purpose that's the kind of core of what we're doing, why we exist, seems to me to to be smaller than the reality. Mm. All right. Well, I think probably enough said on that. <laughs> like, It sounds like you're potentially up for a bit of a, you know, around. but I feel I feel like you could probably, I, I would sense it probably have to be a little bit longer than the three words, you know, to do yeah. it justice, but you could, could draw some of that excitement out. The other part of it is, well, another part of it with with the link to the provide meaningful livelihood for its employees. I get it. I don't, I don't know. I get a bit of a sense of to provide it for its employees who are you, right? And the new employee, but. It's employee. It sounds a it bit. Was, it, was, it was. Or
0: until a month ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The the word employee doesn't ring. Yeah, we don't like that. True word. at
2: all. Yeah, and it's I mean, team,
0: it, it's it's
2: members. Yeah. It's, yeah.
1: It's And yeah. uh, it's, uh, it's us. You know, it's your statement of purpose. Yeah. But anyway, that's that's a, that's a little detail. Provide me. Yeah. Maybe. And maybe the in, coming back to that link between the two, that it's about meaningful livelihood. Mm-hmm. Where you are helping people develop express themselves their landscapes and helping steward their journey in a way that the journey continues beyond your engagement where within that of course they are achieving goals but that's not the main event that like it's happening for you as well you know' you're, you're stewarding your own journey and you're you're developing and expressing your own uniqueness in, in the uh, you know, I wonder if there could somehow be some echo there I don't know okay well. I don't know. How are you feeling? Should we, should we move on? I feel, I feel like I'd be really excited to, to see a next iteration of it.
0: Yeah. What, so one question I have, Dan, this is kind of like a zoom out in mm-hmm. general for uh, I don't know, holistic context development. Like how much, like when do you stop word smithing? Mm. Because like I feel like we could like when we first did this, it was like, man, we could just go for a long time and pick at each word, mm. and I like what you said that the statement of purpose, okay, that needs to be wordsmith that's you know it's that's the core piece, but is there like when you're working on stuff like this, when do you go like, all right, that's good enough for now, like yeah. I need to step away, so I'm not just like debating like, yeah, yeah. the word meaningful yeah meaningful yeah.
1: <laughs> totally it's a good question, yeah, and, and at some point you're going around in circles. Uh, yeah, yeah. So yes, wordsmithing, spinning your wheels and all that. Yeah. So, so for me, I mean, part of it is, is, is this, I I talk about getting and thinking because you, if you, you can do, you can approach this intellectually and think, and think your way in circles, you know, look up definitions and, Oh, I think this might be a better word. And and you can debate that indefinitely. Whereas for me, a core part of knowing you've arrived in a, in a, in something that's kind of worthy to play the role that a statement of purpose needs to roll, which is like the, the core intention, the DNA of the whole thing. Um, that, that, has, that has to catch and catch and store enough energy about the deep motivations and, and will, that sense of will for the whole project to, to carry you through the, the hard times and the good times and everything else. So it's, for me, it's when it's when I get a sense of resonance, and I don't know, I'd say like eighty percent. You know, get to eighty percent and then then move on. But at yeah. least a, a seventy, eighty percent sense of resonance or correlation between mm. the energies I'm picking up from the people I'm dealing with and what they're telling me, but also their body language and the books on their bookshelf and you know the way what I see showing up in them when they're dealing with others and the words. One way I explain it sometimes, do so not know if this makes sense outside of the props I usually use. Is I have this this continuum of that goes from clunk, through cling, to ping. <laughs> And it's talking about the resonance or the authenticity or integrity of a statement so initially often as you know someone writes a purpose statement and it clunks in the sense of it it just doesn't really resonate at all and right at the other end is the ping where it's like it's like oh my god that's just that just sings mm. as you say it i can feel your energy flowing through and it's it's you're you're actually expressing yourself in the in the saying of it and then a cling is somewhere in between so i, I, I like to I like to get it past a clunk to at least a cling, if not a ping, it's like that felt, okay. that felt resonance, it's sort of a hard thing to, to describe, but it's something I'm getting clear on. And until I get there, it, like, like the whole effort is just a game, you know, it's just like putting some pretty words down. This is a case in point. I certainly get that here of, I'm happy to move on, but in some ways it's like, until that does you guys does it a bit more justice, you know, like it, it's almost mm-hmm. like it honors you more authentically. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to, we want to move on. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I just the idea of like does it resonate with you? Yeah. And and I think for us it's like, well, is it is it useful? And yeah. Yeah. okay. it's useful then we're in a good place and, and yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah and when you time, check in periodically whatever you kind of scan it and see how it feels. And sometimes oh, we'll do this so often a veg, like this thing, it, it it just takes small steps forward and we don't spend hours laboring over. it. It's just like, what does that word mean? sometimes yeah. we'll just put a question mark and next time we'll be like, Oh, what maybe this is what we want to be saying here. Or we're mm. missing something about this and it's, it's organic and it's um, it's unfolding. I mean, I do. I mean, if you think about this, right, it is relatively generic right now. Like you could change the word tropical for temperate or Arctic or arid Martian. Martian. Yeah. Yeah. So Martial design exists to help aliens achieve their goals within the context of intergalactic land planning and management to provide a meaningful, you know what I mean? It's, it's relatively interchangeable. And, and, and as that so, resonance increases,
0: it becomes more specific to you. How, so I guess that's a question, like how specific should it feel to us? For example, I'll give you a, a, a thing. Provide meaningful livelihoods for us. We we joke about this, but it's it's kind of true. Our our goal of a meaningful livelihood is to live kind of like the Polynesians lived in like the eighteenth century. Nice. So you're like eating breadfruit, coconuts, there's pigs, you're surfing, <laughs> yeah. etc., you're drinking kava. Like that that's kind of the, the the livelihood that we want in the long run. And, and it's a joke, but it, there's a there's something there that does resonate with it's us. Joke, it's God. not a joke at all. <laughs> yeah, <joke>. yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is no joke. And so like,
2: <laughs> Is it silly th- to put? He thinks it's a joke. He doesn't know what I've been doing in the background.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and so that actually does resonate with us. Yeah. Yeah. Is that something we would put in here? That's a, a little bit silly, but it's also very specific and fun, and, and fits our personality and our character. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you think about that? Yeah. As, I a, mean, as I... a kind of interesting example.
1: Well, I would want to get some of those flavors in. You might not flesh out the whole thing and mention the surfing the pigs or whatever, but you know. To remind yourself of what, if if it's why you're really doing this, yeah, because like you say, meaning lo- meaningful livelihood that, that could mean so many different things. So even if it's, a, yeah. it's just a couple of words, just to give it that punch.
2: I think I think a nice thing that um, we're doing right now, you know, Scott and I created this document, and this document's very active for us. And we look at it relatively frequently. We reference it you know, with each other all the time, uh-huh. um, and it's it's not in the blog, but actually on the document that we keep. Well, we actually have a digital, a digital copy of it on, on Google. Yep. It says within that document that it's meant to be living. Yes. It's meant to be something that evolves. And so yep. I think what's nice about all of this is we're in that process right now of evolving it with you. you know, we, yep. we wanted to find someone that could help us with this. We knew we weren't experts at it. Um, and so all these different little things that we can do to tweak it, yeah, this, is, this was what we had in mind from the beginning. It's like, we know we want to do this. Let's make a stab. Mm-hmm. See how it goes. Yep. And with that first attempt, now we can start to mold it. And I think that's kind of the glory of the, of the holistic context is as your context shifts, you, think you can then go back and adjust the, yep. Yep. Adjust the tool.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. And I didn't think of it till just now, Scott, but often I'll respond to that question. People say "Look, God damn it. How long do we have to freaking spend on our statement of purpose already? We want to get on and make some decisions. I'll say, spend as much time as you want to spend and then get in the game, start yeah. using it to make decisions. And that, and that will give you information because you'll make decisions towards it. And let's say you did an amazing job and you yeah. were, you were doing exactly this. You were helping clients achieve their goals within the context of it. And you're like, there's some more to this. We want more than that. Oh, yeah, well, let's put that in. And now let's make decisions towards that, which is what you're saying, Sam, is, is let the, get out of the master planning mentality to this and, and let it generate itself in mm-hmm. real time by getting a minimal viable product and putting it to work and, and seeing what happens. Yeah, let's acknowledge that too. That that's already happening for you. It's already adding value. And I mean, sometimes use the analogy of going to the gym. The idea or learning a new instrument or whatever, that there's the painful period. Like when I started going to the gym, one of my goals was to have big, bigger muscles. And so I'd go to the gym and work out and I'd come in <laughs> and look at my muscles and they were no bigger. There was just no change, right? Weeks would go by and I was starting to get demoralized. And then one time, I don't know if I was running my hand over my chest. And for the first time, I actually had one. I noticed there was, there was some actual <laughs> things sticking out. And that, that gave me a huge amount of motivation to, to, to go back to the gym, you know, because I started there was a payoff. And same with the context. You don't want to work on this thing indefinitely. It's not doing mm-hmm. any, adding any value to your life. It's like do enough to start using it, make some decisions and realize, oh wow, that was really useful. We made a better decision than we would have. That warrants going back and spending another hour or another half an hour, or whatever mm-hmm. it is, on, on on adding in a in Veg's context, we didn't we we missed the memo. I must have skipped that part of Alan Savory's book. We didn't have a statement of purpose. We just had quality of life statements, what I call enabling actions, his forms of production and in the future resource space. It was going pretty well, and then we had Darren Doherty come in to to run a workshop for Veritable gardens on the topic, and he started he says, So, with a business, you start with a statement of purpose, and Adam and I look at each other. We're like, "Oh shit!" Um, and so that came in, and, la- and later on, and it was already it was already doing doing its work. So we're very motivated to to do that. Okay, should we keep rolling? Check out some more yeah, more yeah aspects of it. So you've got the so, oh yeah. So that's a statement of purpose, and then we move into um, after savoury what he called quality of life statements which was he he realized that was you could have a statement of purpose and all goals within them um, and you could also have what he called a future resource base, which we'll come back to in a bit but you could be aware of the quality of your soil and vegetation Mm -hmm. and the way water and minerals and energy and life is is moving through the um, site and he was working with farmers and ranchers and and educating them about the stuff and they were still putting themselves out of business and things weren't working out and they were losing relationships and that kind of stuff and anyway the upshot was he realized unless unless he was supporting the farmers and ranchers he was working with to articulate what quality of life was for them and in his words how they wanted their life to be the whole thing wouldn't stick and so here we go you've got some quality of life some statements around quality of life do you want to say a little bit about what how you understand what what the job of these is what they are and then you can take us through some of
0: them Yeah, I'm rereading it now. (laughs) Yeah, I I like the phrase that things that are necessary for a good life. So these to me, really like, resonate back to kind of like how I want my life to be on a a day to day, whether that's Mm -hmm. like my communication with people, like money in the bank, like how I want to feel challenged every day, how I want to feel fulfilled every day. Um, So these are like, at least for me personally, I feel like the most active part of this mm-hmm. process where, like, at the end of every day when I'm, like, lying down in bed, if I wanted to, I could, like, think back and be like, oh, man, like, that was a really good day or that was a really shitty day. And it would probably, like, reflect back to whether or not these, a lot of these things were being met um, mm-hmm. throughout the day. Yep. So it feels, it feels like a very active piece. Versus some of the other parts that feel much more passive or very long term. Um, this is this feels like stuff that's happening in, in every moment.
2: Yeah, I think that's I think that's a good thing to say that it, it is something that's current. In that you know I I know a lot of people probably myself included in the past you might do something as a means to an end and they go oh, if I do this then like my quality of life will increase. I think Scott and I don't want to speak for you but I think in our conversations. Most of what we're getting at is, we want our quality of life to be high every day. Um, we don't, we don't want to, you know, wait till I'm seventy-five to retire and then have a great quality of life. I, I'd like it to be high every single day. And I think mm-hmm. the things that we've listed are probably some of the basic things that we can we can have control over um, that will bring us that high quality of life on a daily basis. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah.
1: Sometimes I describe them as the the, the, the the core ingredients of a of a fulfilling mm-hmm. life or a, of of a, a life infused with quality it brings us to a real getting to know you moment right because in a way it's like you're sharing the what it is that makes you tick or what, what brings you deep joy all right yeah. do you want to read it, read through in sections or so you got i just so listen so there's a i mean we'll have we'll have a link to the blog post so you can go and read this but there's a section on economic well-being on relationships on challenge and growth on purpose and contribution yeah, those four categories. So we will take them one at a time.
0: Yeah, economic well-being. Uh, we are financially secure with a cash flow that is consistent and allows us to prioritize long-term planning and quality of life decisions. We have comfortable places to live that allow for
2: gardening and food practice. And for relationships. We have relationships among our decision makers and with our resource base, which are transparent, mutually beneficial, clear, and openly communicated balanced with regard to power dynamics, empathetic, compassionate, empowering, professional, safe, non-toxic, fun, and diverse.
0: Then under challenge and growth, we continue learning and gain confidence in how to run and grow our business. We grow on a personal level as communicators and facilitators. We accept work which encourages us to keep learning, features diverse projects, ecosystems, and context. has clear objectives and outcomes, brings clear and obvious value to our clients, and aligns with our values. Mm
2: -hmm. And then purpose and contribution. What do we want to be? We're effective in helping clients meet their goals. We specialize in tropical agroforestry, permaculture design, and education, and project and client facilitation. We are a design firm with an excellent reputation for professionalism, We work within our tropical, climactic, and cultural experience as a place-based organization focused on Costa Rica. And then in purpose
0: as well, what do we ultimately want to accomplish? We create regenerative, productive systems that inspire people to spend time in nature every day and actively participate in their landscape. We earn enough money to achieve our individual quality of life goals. We have time for professional development and personal free time. We grow the business in a way that others, community, future teammates, et cetera, can benefit from the structures we create. We contribute to the efforts of regenerative tropical agriculture and its impacts on social, financial, and ecological systems. We are an active and positive presence in the permaculture community in Costa Rica and beyond. A bunch there.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, well, let's do it. Let's do a second pass. And that's always a, a dynamic tension with. I find with quality of life statements is and same with statement of purpose I mean the the number of quality of life statements and the number of words in each statement it's like you want to be as as low as possible but no lower you know it's like I often mm-hmm. say to people I'm working with uh, the more quality of life statements or sentences or words you can remove that increases the potency of what remains but you don't want to remove anything that matters <laughs> yeah so it's like you're constantly looking to what you can prune or, or condense without losing the gist all right so economic well-being. So you've got the f- the four categories and um, we're financially secure with the cash flow is consistent and it allows us to prioritize long-term planning and quality of life decisions. Maybe and just reflecting on the process here, I mean, cause I, I could share my reflections.
0: Maybe I'll see if you have any first. So do you, do you have anything to say about that? Well, I'm remembering when we first made this, we put a number in there. Okay. And so it's like we want to earn so much, and and we consulted with um, Joel Benson of the Adaptive Policy Institute. He helped us yep. out a bunch, yep. and he recommended not to put specific numbers in, which I, I believe Savory does as well. And so we we kind of shifted away from that, and 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 this is what what emerged. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Right. I think a lot of a lot of the thinking that went into this is that. Scott and I have kind of imposed, well, I wouldn't say imposed, we've put our own personal goals in there.
1: Mm.
2: Where, with the statement, for instance, like cash flow that is consistent, we were thinking of having no surprises. You know, yep. we, we've changed our business model in the last couple of years to, to reflect that. And then the idea of allowing us to prioritize long term planning and quality of life decisions is that if we know we have a certain amount of income. Mm -hmm. that we can bank on. It's consistent and reliable. And we can then say, okay, great. Like I feel good about, you know, I'm going to go buy X, Y, or Z thing because I know that, that, that we're good for it. And that can help me get to my quality of life goals quicker. Yep. Yep.
1: That was good to hear the, the advice to get rid of the number. Savory talks about it. The, The idea being that you don't want to let anything that's actually a decision that you might change sneak into your context this is about the thing the start the the core deeper stuff that you're making decisions toward i remember i had someone on a class a holistic decision making class once and there was something like, i will i will not drink more than four cups of coffee a day or something like that. Is it called the <laughs> statement? <laughs> it's like firstly it's negatively worded and secondly you might change your yeah. mind you might make it five or four or, or someone had I, w- I walk my dog every day and it was a, it was a difficult conversation because i was saying well life changes you know who knows you don't know maybe you'll decide that you don't like dogs in 10 years and you'll get a cat or or whatever
0: or you'll lose your well, legs and what's, or... what's interesting is that even though that number is not in there we uh-huh. still do mentally reference it yeah uh-huh. and we still for better or worse we use it as a benchmark uh-huh. when we look at like our, our our profit and loss for the year and our, yeah. our revenue and it's like oh cool we're like we're getting to that number and I think it's okay,
2: <laughs>
0: but like you said, that that like that number was a bit plucked from air, and so it's interesting, like as soon as we put that number in there, we're, it's still like it still floats in our world and, mm. and is affecting our kind of our monitoring and our feedback on like if we're being successful or not, and, yep. and we don't really know if that's the right number yeah yeah, that makes yeah, it's, sense it's like it, yeah, totally. or if, there, if there even needs
2: to like be like it's a number. like it's skewed everything just because we put it in there like yeah we yeah, did a yeah. little <clears throat> mental exercise together and we're like oh this is a good number <laughs> and uh it's since even since we've taken out it's, it's skewed now towards mm-hmm. that number yep. uh and it, it's it's relatively arbitrary
1: yeah yeah totally you know i get it, i get it i get it i mean the
2: way i, I started a uh, um
1: I just realized this could come across in a certain way, but whatever, it's not intended that way. I've I've started a Patreon account for making permaculture stronger. And part of what they invite you to do when you're filling it out is, do you want to set a goal? And I was Mm. like, oh yeah, I'll set a goal, 500 bucks a month. Which by the way, I've got to share, I'm very excited. This morning, I I checked my inbox and it's at 477. So, I'm almost at my Ooh. goal, but, but anyway. Come
0: on, folks, we can do yeah, it. Yeah, 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 that's right.
1: 33 bucks away <laughs> from living the dream, because once I reach that goal, everything will be perfect. Yeah, exactly. You, know, <laughs> you start. Yeah, yeah, I'm done. I'm finished. I can retire. Yeah. No, the, the, yeah. the idea being that. Polynesia. Exactly. Surfing, pigs, you name know, the, it. The, um, there's a place for goals, but the place is not inside the context. And there is a risk of arbitrary goals that skew things, for sure. But, you know, you, you can still have a number I and mean, I think it's good to keep it flexible and say, well, you know, we, we've got a context and one thing variable Gardens does, it has a context and then we have like a six weekly focus, which gets more to the stage of goals. And sometimes a long one, what, we, what, what are we going to be true sure of the next year? Or I have my own personal context and a and like, and thing I do and find really useful is what are my goals um, in service of that context for the next 12 months? And that might have some, some ballparks without getting attached to particular, particular figures. And, I mean, it, and it's always good, too, to, to come back to the point of this, which is it's not about the number. It's about what you think that number might help you achieve in terms of your quality of life. Exactly. Yeah. It's, the, it's what, What's the means here? What's the end? Because if that number becomes the end, that, that skewing can become detrimental. Anyway, the gist is there. One, one suge- oh, any other suggestions before I make a suggestion?
0: Go, go
1: ahead i'm suggesting i'm making decisions so one thing i would sit with in terms of my experience with these and making them tighter is is we are financially secure <laughs> as the statement we're financially secure boom and and then the cash flow is one part of what needs to be going on to to keep that true it's only a part of it though like one uh, a phrasing of another phrasing one of many that i've taken on from carol Sanford is she talks about cash flow Earnings and margins, and all three of those need to be healthy. You know, you can have you can have a you can have a good cash flow this week, but you're actually you're losing money overall. You know, all three things have to. Be, uh-huh. Anyway, you know, whatever whatever details you do want to emphasise, we can look at your forms of production or what I call enabling actions later. That's the sort of thing I might have as an enabling action, where I, which is in service of the. So yeah, we we maintain healthy cash flow, earnings, and margins. It's something we do towards keeping the statement, we are financially secure, true. And then with the other two bits, often people put stuff like this in, and, and I think if it's if it's, a, it's a adding value, great. At the same time, it's, it is redundant in the sense that <laughs> the point of the whole entire context is to support quality of life decisions. You know, that's, that's what this is. It's a quality of life statement. So if you need a little reminder that that's the point of it all, that's fine. But over time you might realize, well, it's kind of, you know, that's, that's, it's implicit in the whole exercise. I and mean, same with prioritizing long-term planning. So it's just something to think about whether you shrink it down and then have some of the details underneath. But whatever,
0: you know. And I, I think that we, I think there's a redundancy in like the cash flow piece. Somewhere further down, we mention it again. Yeah. It's like a yep, form of production, yep. I believe. And, yeah, I think and I There's, there's a couple of things like that. So in this case, like, you know, we are financially secure. Period. Yeah.
1: Well, that to too, me, I mean, is that too subjective? Well, in a sense, that's a quality of life statement is subjective. True.
2: So
1: they're, they're all, no. what, what do you feel defines quality of life for you? When I feel financially secure, and that might mean something very different for me than you then that's part of quality of life for me. And we'll wrap it up there for this episode. We will continue. There's another solid hour of progressing through the rest of the context, which you can uh, look forward to checking out in a couple of weeks if this sort of thing floats your boat. You can go and check out Sam and Scott's site, which is paulvernierdesign.com. I think I've said before, it's a beautiful site, very impressive, lots of amazing drone footage and um, great blog posts and whatnot. You can check out this project making permaculture stronger at the website making permaculture i wanted to tell you a little bit about some of the emergent vibes with the whole project one thing i'm very excited about now is given that this project officially has a non-trivial um, following in terms of a group of very generous discerning and might i say good looking patrons who are very amazingly supporting the project through the Patreon page over at patreon.com slash making permaculture stronger. And I'm realizing a few things about this. The first one is that it's enabling me to put together resources and hold space for gatherings and whatnot that I wouldn't be able to otherwise. And I'm feeling really good about that and really enjoying the interactions with with the patrons. Shout out here to Mark and Pierre who both signed up in the last week. Thank you so much and welcome to our community. The other thing that these patrons are enabling is right now the there's a monthly amount that comes in through Patreon and that is enabling me not only to cover the costs of podcast and website hosting etc but to hire someone so I've got an incredible helper named Ronnie who um, has come on board she's um, a follower of the podcast anyway and really interested in, in living design and whatnot and she is helping me dive into the content and the process for sharing the content and making it more accessible, more engaging. As I'm sure some of you will start to notice, and I'm really, really excited to have a, such competent assistance with that. And realizing that there's so much content that's been generated as part of this project, a lot of it's very dense, a lot of it's buried in the archives, you know, as in past blog posts and quite hard to find. So not only finding ways of making previous stuff more accessible but also formatting and, and presenting new content in, in a more engaging way for for a long time the project was about me getting stuff off my chest and kind of working things out and experimenting and thinking and reading and writing and just sort of kind of in a sense just dumping it <laughs> on the on this very basic blog and then um, into your ears <laughs> with the podcast uh, and I'm, I'm kind of coming back with fresh eyes, with some amazing help at the moment to to say, well, it's here, it's mer- still very meaningful to me, let's actually try and make it kind of beautiful or uh, a, a, a lot more friendly and accessible. I have to tell you on Monday uh, this week, it's Friday now, um, as I record this a few days back, I recorded the second installment of my um, interviews with David Holmgren and it was another lovely conversation. So within, I'd say, a month, I'm... Um, after probably mentioning them too many times, I will definitely be releasing those, and I can't wait. I know it's going to sort of propel the whole project in really interesting directions, and I'm really hoping to engage a lot of conversation when we come back to this focus on what is permaculture's originating impulse? What is the seed from which the permaculture concept germinated? And um, what would it mean to, to to go back to that and focus our attention on that and to um, grow fresh tissue as in fresh design uh, process understandings from that place in a way that is super relevant to the chaos and uncertainty and complexity that we're um, confronting at the moment supporting permaculture's uh, or the development of permaculture's potential and the expressence the the, expressence, the expression of its essence as as a incredibly relevant and powerful resource in these times that's more than enough for one installment you take care out there, and we'll catch you in episode fifty. Woohoo! Episode fifty. Bring you a champagne or kombucha. <laughs>